Hey everybody, Sarah Powell here, and in this week's Small Biz Podcast, we're featuring Second Chances Recovery and Resales Shop, uh, located 2100 North Broadway in Poto. Uh, we started this podcast as a new benefit of our small business chamber members, um, a way for our members to tell their story and to put a face or a voice, I guess, uh, with their name. So today we have invited our chamber member, uh, Terry Wallace, with the Second Chances Resale Store and Coffee and Pastry Bar. Uh, thank you, Terry, for taking time out of your busy schedule to, to do this with me and kind of just to help get more of an idea for people to get a, a face with a name or, uh, I guess, a voice mm-hmm. more so than, than an actual face. Um, you can find their listing on our website at potochamber.com in our online directory. Um, it's got their address and their phone number, so look them up. Um, Terry, you want to kind of let us know, uh, how long have you been in the Poto area, I guess? Um, I started this program in December of 2015. So we've been here this year will be four years. So you started here and you're still here. Yes. Good. Okay, well, uh, I know when uh, I find a started with the chamber you were down the road just a little ways um what kind of what what happened happened there we started out uh, in the old blockbuster building it mm-hmm. was 2400 square feet we were wondering how we were going to fill that space up and in six months we outgrew that building and so <laughs> we were like where do we put this stuff so the community blessed us with donations and support and now we're in a 14,000 square foot building and growing every day so your scale has just went through the roof on that on on from where you started to now we started with one employee and now i have eight so that's grown yes exponentially yes um so at your retail or your resale store what kind of things can be no can be donated like when you started out was it mainly just like kind of clothes and a little home you know decor Basically, we started out with more clothing than anything else, shoes, jewelry, home decor, stuff like that. Now we've got auto parts. Oh, I didn't even realize that. (laughs) uh, Everything you can think of. If it's sellable, uh, it's donated. So anything anybody doesn't want anymore, they donate it, and we use that to help other people. We donate uh, two days a week to anybody who walks in the store and says they're in need of clothes, shoes, household goods, beds, whatever. We work with all the counseling agencies, the hospital, DHS, foster care families. We'll give whatever people need. So we're here to help the community. And so anything anybody can use or we can resell to provide the funding to operate our recovery program, we can use it. So in the beginning, what kind of started started this this the the resale the resale store i knew starting a nonprofit 501c3 that you can't just solely depend on uh, people donating finances or items that you need to have a base income like if you get government grant funding things like that and we do get a little bit of that now but those things can go away so I knew I needed a base support income where if we had the store, I will always have income to operate. So 
uh, we're kind of self-sustaining in that matter where our base income comes from the store. We have volunteers, people that help out, people doing community service, uh, TNF workers through the DHS helps us operate and run the program so and operate the store. So it takes a lot of help to keep it all going. And, and even more so now since you've opened a coffee and pastry bar. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you did that in uh, March of this year. How, how has that been going? That has been super uh, great. People love it because they can get their favorite snack or drink and shop and sit and relax. We have uh, all kinds of books here for sale too. So it, I was trying to think of something that would go along with what we already have so right. people can sit and play chess, checkers, we have that available here. We have live music sometimes, and we sell over 1,500 books a month, and we have areas where people can just sit and read books or pick out their favorite books. So that kind of goes along with the coffee bar. People yeah. enjoy that, so it's a nice way to relax. As somebody who's waiting on someone else to shop, they can sit and relax and have coffee or snacks and, and wait on their person that's shopping. My husband would love that. Go grab a cup of coffee and let me go finish my shopping. Guys do seem to appreciate <laughs> to be the it very much. Yes. They're, your, they're your number one on that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, it's a pastry bar as well. Um, so you make the pastries as well? Or? I do. My great-grandmother taught me how to cook when I was about 10 years old, and I love to bake, so we. I will say... I think we have the best home-baked pastries <laughs> in town. There you go. Homemade, homemade pastries. Homemade pie crust, homemade pies, coconut cream, chocolate, chocolate pecan, cherry, oh, wow. key lime pie, cheesecake, Italian cream cake, whatever you want, we can make it. Oh, do you have something that you make regularly? We do. People can also call us and say, hey, we're going to be there Thursday. Can you have coconut cream pie ready for us and we'll have it, make sure we have it on hand. Mm -hmm. People can also call in orders ahead of time for birthday parties, family gatherings, whatever, and I'll make, I sell whole pies and cakes as well. Do you get busy during the holiday season? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, with all that, what kind of, what, what was the reasoning, I guess, behind adding that little that section to your to your second hand your second hand chances I can't even second chances sorry <laughs> I was raised by some entrepreneurial parents and I have that entrepreneurial spirit and constantly trying to figure out how to increase our income and our base support and how to uh, make things better and be more successful so the coffee bar was just a complimentary thing to add to what we already have and it has proven to be a great success sweeten so, the deal yes <laughs> um that's that's great um I'm trying to find where i'm at on my let's kind of go back to the uh, donating um how does how does that work do you have selected days because i know some places when you try to donate they're only like you know Tuesdays from three to five or you know yeah. <laughs> something like that do you have like a schedule like that or we're now available to take donations Monday through Friday uh, nine to six we close at six on weekdays and then Saturdays nine to five 
So we're so grateful for the community support and the donations. If we're open, we will You'll take, take donations. Home. Yeah. Um, kind of just knocked out a few of them. Do you also accept monetary donations? We do. Um, it takes quite a bit to help people the way we do and to operate the recovery program. We do inpatient and outpatient services. I also try to help people with um, needs such as a family that maybe doesn't have a refrigerator or a washer and dryer. If we don't have it, then I'll try to purchase it for them or, you know, get something, Find something. that we can. So um, it takes a lot of financial resources to operate the whole program, and so the financial support is very important as well. So if someone don donates financially, it stays right here locally yes. with you and goes right back into the community? All the proceeds, any donations or uh, net proceeds from the store, the business, is to operate the recovery program and help people who were uh, trying to service in this area. Okay, so, so you've got the store, you've added on to the store just more than clothing and you have all kinds of items. Um, you also do a annual 5K. Um, how many years has that been in progress? Um, this will be our fourth year. Um, yeah. You, you do it in the springtime, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so this past spring was your fourth fourth one or the, the third one third one so yeah, coming so up in april your next fourth. one will be fourth mm -hmm. okay yeah uh, and then the proceeds just helps just go straight the recovery program um just kind of an off base i guess little thing i had read a, an article that had mentioned uh, antiquing and thrift stores were becoming very prominent and very um I've kind of lost my word, but popular mm -hmm. with like millennials or whatever, trying to recycle right. something. Is that, have you noticed like a fad or a, a trend in that state where you've had like maybe some younger uh, people come in and shop and find that, that gold, you know, that golden piece that they yeah. <laughs> didn't know they needed? <laughs> yes, it is a popular fad. Lots of people want to refurbish instead of buying new things, and it's so much cheaper to get something, put a little paint on it, you know, and mm -hmm. fix it the way they want it, you know, and find the color they like and so on. But, yes, we sell lots of crafts, lots of uh, stuff that's rough around the edges, you know, and people, especially if it's solid wood, they'll be able to refurbish it really They easily. see that diamond in their rough mm -hmm. and turn it into to whatever they... I mean, I'm, I'm not really good about seeing that and be like, oh, it could be this. It kind of takes me a little bit of research to find. And normally I go out and I search for that specific thing after I've already done all the research. Mm -hmm. um, so you have, you have large items. Um, I personally know that because I bought a sectional here that yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really know that I needed it. <laughs> well, I needed one. I just didn't know that it would happen like that. Yeah. Um, and I, you had told me, you know, I just posted that on Facebook because you mm -hmm. guys are very active on your Facebook page um, kind of what's your turnaround on something I mean like I mean the sectional was like two days I think it was the weekend and I, yeah. and I got it on that Monday um, so what's kind of your turnaround I guess for items similar or like that yes you're right usually when we get a large item like that a musical instrument or furniture larger things uh, appliances we'll post it on Facebook and sometimes it sells within an hour <laughs> because Facebook is such a huge way to advertise, you know, yeah. social media is definitely the way to get the word out about things, so 
it may take two or three days or a week or so, but usually it can be gone within an hour or two. <laughs> you had mentioned that uh, on occasion you do live music. Um, is that just kind of an, an, an added bonus that you give to like your clientele or your customers? Or um, is it another way for you to, to raise money? We don't uh, really make any money off of that. It's an opportunity for local artists to just share their talents, you know, and get okay. some practice in and exposure mm -hmm. to the public. And it's something that the customers can enjoy when they come in and shop. It, it does bring people out sometimes when they might not come out otherwise if they hear we're having local music. Now that we have the coffee bar, they can sit and have snacks and drinks and listen to music, you know. And yeah. Sometimes the wife is shopping while the husband's listening to the <laughs> entertainment, so yeah. it's just another complimentary thing to add to what we're already doing. So you're a retail shop, a thrift shop, you, you handle all the retail, uh, you're a coffee shop, a pastry bar, a nonprofit. How in the world do you get all of that done and accomplished all your stuff? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I might be superwoman, but I realize I'm not. Sometimes I crash and burn, but <laughs> the rewarding feeling of making a difference here in our community is what keeps me going. I enjoy it. I know that we're uh, making an impact here with families who need help, need uh, healing, you know, restoration. So knowing that everything we do is making a difference makes it all worthwhile. Let's kind of talk about the the recovery program that you that you kind of it's kind of your forefront. You you take charge and you you head it up. Um, kind of let's go in a little bit more in detail on on that part of it. Um, was at a Kiwanis meeting and you were the the speaker that day. Um, let's just kind of dive into the the your fight um, against the substance abuse and awareness. I mean, I can tell that you have a passion for it and you're very community driven. And so let's just kind of let our listeners and our, and our, and our community kind of get an understanding behind that. Yes, I am very passionate about helping people. It's one of the biggest problems we have in our community. Whenever I decided to relocate back to this area, I realized I want to do something that's going to help with some of the problems we have here with the poverty issues, the cycle of reincarceration, and I discovered that the addiction problem is driving most of those behaviors and so I wanted to do something to help families overcome that. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's, it's difficult for people to figure out how to get out of addiction. It's difficult for families to know how to help their loved ones so I wanted to provide uh, resources for that. And it affects our community as a whole, um, especially if we can break that cycle where they don't repeat going back to jail or prison and then getting back on drugs when they get out because they feel like they can't get a job or can't find another way, you know, to get back on their feet. Mm -hmm. So we don't charge for our services. We do inpatient and outpatient services. Uh, most of my clients are people who don't have insurance. They've burned all their bridges with their family because of the addiction and their behaviors. So we're here to help people discover they do have potential they can find a way out. There is a, a way to get out of the addiction. There is a way to overcome all of their problems and uh, pay their fines, get a job, do all those things. So it's 
my goal to help people reach their full potential, whatever that looks like, whether they need a job, they need rehab, um, they need somebody to believe in them, you know, they need transportation, they need a court advocate, whatever they need, we're here to provide that so that they can, if I can't provide it, I will connect them to the resources they need, you know, so they can overcome. If there's a will, there's a way. If somebody wants to get well, they can. You know, they just have to have somebody who believes in them, a little bit of help to get over the hump, you know, sometimes financially. If we provide a place for them to stay while they're recovering, learning how to prevent relapse, then they're able to save their money, pay on their fines, you know, keep from getting reincarcerated. So our goal is to break that cycle, you know, and help them become a productive citizen in society and learn a different way. That's just, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, right now, and we started off where I'm housing people, you know, on a very small scale, uh -huh. um, maybe five to six people at a time in-house, and so we're unable to meet the overwhelming need here in that capacity. I'm driving all over the state of Oklahoma trying to get people into rehab centers because I can't accommodate the need here. We're the seat of the county in LaFleur County, and we uh, have court hearings full of drug court, you know, people in the drug court program, on probation, getting out of prison, you know, from drugs, all of it. Right. There's such a need for the recovery uh, program. So it's our uh, goal to have a facility here that will accommodate the need. And so we're getting ready to launch a capital campaign in a couple of weeks to raise the funds to purchase a facility that'll house up to 80 people. So that's our, our long-term Going from long a scale of five to 80. Yes, that will change the whole uh, face of our community. There's so many people needing help and it takes um, a period of time when someone comes to me, if I can't house them, then I have to get them into a recovery facility somewhere else. That can take a week to several months. You have a very small window when someone is ready to get help. If they don't receive it in that little time frame, then they're back off into the addiction. You know, they don't wait, they can't, they don't have resources, whatever. Mm -hmm. So people can't wait for months, you know, they're gone again by the time. But once they come to their senses and they're ready to get help, you need to do it as soon as possible. So yeah. it's really important for us to have the ability to house people here locally. Their families can be a support system. They can be getting help, learning how to help the client when they get out. So it's a much needed thing here in our community. And I am very passionate about trying to help people get out of the addiction, get their families back together, you know, restore children with their parents. I've never seen such an epidemic of grandparents raising their grandchildren because their kids are on drugs or, you know, messed up from all of these things. So it just will heal our community if we can get people the help they need. I'm just, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I'm speechless. Uh, that, that is such a great, uh, opportunity for the community um, and I know the community has been supportive and been mm -hmm. behind you from the the little blockbuster store to this what, what did you say the square foot on this facility here is 14,000 square feet 
14,000 square yeah. foot. So, yeah, uh, the community has been great as far as, and, and, and the active work that you, you know, you're not only here just as far as the resale shop, but you're here to go put that, put all that back into the community mm -hmm. to help better the community. Um, that's, that's wonderful. Uh, the name of our capital campaign is called Be the Change. So this is not just something that Terry Wallace is doing or Second <laughs> Chances is doing. I want the community to take ownership of the change we need in our community so that we can make it a better place to live, that the younger generation, you know, is seeing, okay, my parents are getting help. You know, this doesn't have to be the path I take. Mm -hmm. So if we can be the change in our community now, we can head off so many things in the future. And it's not just one person, but if we pull together as a community, we can be the change that needs to happen here to break the addiction that's consuming our communities right now. Um. One one other thing that I thought of, um, so we're, we're located here in Poto. Um, do you how do you have a region like do you do Lafleur County? Is it county based or I mean is it just kind of like the Northwest Arkansas, you know River Valley or I mean do you have like a we, range I guess or a specified area that you you can help or? Well, our priority is to help locally you mm -hmm. know our community but anybody who comes to us for help we're going to help them so it doesn't have to be just Poto, LaFleur County it can yep. be anywhere you know anybody from even another state we actually have family members who live in other states who have come from here or whatever right. and are trying to get their family out of a situation you know away from their drug contacts or so forth so I don't have any limitations, but Good. it is a priority to help our community, community. locally. Yeah. Um, what would be the best way for someone to get in contact with you? I mean, not not necessarily just for the recovery part, but just is it is there a better way? Like, you know, there's social media, phone book, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's multiple ways people can contact us. The easiest way is to call. And uh, our number is 918-647-0612. Uh, I do have people contact me uh, continually on Facebook, mm -hmm. but I'm not on Facebook all the time because I'm running around taking care of clients <laughs> and doing things. So yeah. it's a challenge for me to be able to respond immediately on Facebook. I may see it or I may not see it for several hours. I'm driving clients across the state of Oklahoma right. and I can't look at Facebook, you know. They want to know if something's in the store or <laughs> is that still for sale or whatever. So it's best to call. You can message us on Facebook if you don't need an immediate response. Mm -hmm. You know, that's fine. Or our website, you can contact us, email us on Facebook as well. Or you can stop by the store, which is 2312 North Broadway, um, across the street from Atwoods and Arby's. So we're real easy found on the main street through Poto. So. on top of it. <laughs>
All right. Well, thank you, Terry, for taking your time, like I said, out, out of your, your busy day and for being this week's uh, featured small business podcast. Um, if you want to find out more information, go to her website or go to their website, secondchancesok.com. You can find them on their Facebook page, and they're very active on that as far as posting those things that are for sale or what's coming up um, at Second Chances Recovery, and I'll also have that in the descriptions below. Thank you, Sarah, for the opportunity. If you haven't signed up for our new text notification, you need to do that. Uh, we send out reminders of different events going on at the Reynolds Center or that the Chamber's holding. Um, you can go to our YouTube channel, Poto Chamber, and there's a video on how to get signed up. It's super easy. Um, and if you like our podcast, and I hope you do, uh, subscribe to it um, on whatever platform that you're listening to it on. Uh, share it with your friends. Just show us some love on social media. We're just trying to help build our base and help get the word out about our chamber members and what they do uh, for the community and what they have to offer. Um, if you have any ideas um, or want to give me some feedback, um, I always welcome that. Um, you can email me at admin at potochamber.com. Uh, for more information about the chamber, visit us at potochamber.com or give us a call 918-647-9178. Hope you have a great day.